Welcome back to the Scoop and Score podcast. We have uh, completed our regular rankings list, and today we are getting into rookie rankings. Uh, to share their rankings with us, I have Cole Reha in the studio and Joe Crosstech on the phone. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. Joe? Doing all right. Hell yeah. Uh, to Good start- to hear, you, hear your voice again, Joe. Oh, that's sweet of you, Cole. Missed you last week. Nah, no, I do. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, so it's nice to have the Dream Team back. Who's Jordan, Joe? Dynamic duo. No. Mm. No, you know who I Joe is Charles Barkley. There it is. (laughs) If anything, I compare you guys to maybe Shaq and Kobe. Who's who? Oh, Joe's definitely Shaq. (laughs) Oh, Kobe? (laughs) Yep. What? Who are you? Horse Grant? Or no, uh... Who's the one guy that's always in the Lakers teams? Uh, Robert Horde. I can be, uh... Um... Oh, shit. I'm totally forgetting their coach's name. Jackson. Oh, Phil? Yeah, I'm Phil Jackson. Perfect. Joe's Big Diesel? Yep. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Talk to my little brother about my game at the post, and we'll see. I mean, that's pretty accurate. I like it. <laughs> Uh, we'll start this podcast off with uh, some news around. Uh, Joe, Big Ten, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and Nebraska are nearing an agreement to play their own football season. They play each other twice a, for a 10-game uh, season. What do you think about that? Well, I didn't know you were going to bring this up, but here we go. We'll get into that real quick. Uh, who was it? I think it was... Oh. I can't remember his name. The guy from Michigan on ESPN. Harbaugh? After, uh, who? John Harbaugh? No, no, no. He's on ESPN now. Or not John. Oh, um, he's on game day. Desmond? Yeah, Desmond Howard. Yeah. He uh, called for Nebraska to be kicked out of the Big Ten, and we should be ashamed of ourselves. Why? Wanting to play football in the fall instead of forcing the players to, you know, play two seasons in within one year. And also, I think it's smarter for the kids to have – they're going to get much better health and safety on campus if they're playing football than they would at home. But anyway. Completely agree with that. Bulls for Nebraska be kicked out of the Big Ten for wanting to play football. Then Ryan Day and Ohio State come out. Michigan comes out. Well, Jim Harbaugh, I think, comes out. Michigan, their chancellor is not sure about it, whatever. Penn State, Iowa, you name them all. They all come out. But you know what? When, they, when Ohio State does, ESPN says, oh, what leadership from Ryan Day coming out here. He's a great leader for his players. What a... You know, what a guy. But literally three days before that, they just want to rip Nebraska to shreds. And he uh, didn't... You know, it's just a... You know, it kind of gets under my skin there a little bit. But if they are to play football this year, that'd be exciting to watch. It'd be, it'd be weird to see how the rest of the Big Ten does. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of them just cancel their football season for this year. But that brings in the whole question of, uh, you know, eligibility. Are they going to offer it or let them have an extra year of eligibility if they don't play or if they do play, all that stuff. And then talking about bowl games and conference championships, it's a lot of stuff to work out. And I am really hoping they do play this year because that's, uh, that's my that's my kind of deal right there. Yeah. Well, like you said about they'll be safer playing the games, that's so true. Like, they're going to be going to classes anyway, and if they're not, like, in football season, like, with their team every day, 
who knows what they'll be doing. They'll probably be out partying, and they're not going to be supervised. Like, they're going to be way safer, like, being in the program, going through a full season, Mm -hmm. you know. They're going to have curfews so it doesn't ruin the team. And they're there to play football. Like, how many people are just going to transfer out and just leave school for the year or something, you know? Like, they don't want to – most kids probably don't want to be at the school they're at. They're just there to play football. Yeah. Exactly. But that opens up the whole conversation about, uh, you know – are these student athletes? Are they semi amateurs? Are they gonna, you know, opens up the door for them getting paid because we know what they're there for. They're not, I mean, they're there to play football and try to get to the NFL for the most part. And you know, that's gonna open up some conversation conversations that we're gonna have to have once this all kind of clears up. I don't know. Yeah, especially but like you said, it's gonna be safer for them. It gives them a purpose to, you know, something to do that's not gonna be, you know, going out and partying and, and you know all that stuff that may risk their safety and whatnot so I, it's much safer for them there and I mean sure they'll be in contact with other teams once a week but there's easily testing and all that stuff available for them I'd rather have them be in contact with you know 20 people from someone who stayed over than you know 200 people from the county wherever they're at you know it's just I think it'll be a lot safer for them and really everybody if they were to play or even just stay on campus i don't know but looks like campuses are going to be canceling here soon after notre dame and unc i think both canceled all classes or went all 100 online oh really unc was supposed to be highly ranked this year yeah yeah mac brown's got a tough team there yeah he's really turned them around they're gonna take the acc by storm here soon i think be a little bit of a rivalry to clemson i hope be fun to see someone knock off clemson finally yeah well if it's going to happen from the ACC, it'll be North Carolina. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think about uh, those teams wanting to play football. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. Like, if you have three conferences, Power Five conferences, that are going to play, and then two can't, like, I don't understand that. Yeah, like, the Big 12 is playing, and the Big Ten's not playing. Why wouldn't... I, I think it's well, weird that Big Ten, day. like, commissioner has, like, uh, full, like, control over it instead of like the NCAA as oh, a whole. For, yeah, and another thing, I don't know if you mentioned this, Joe, but they said the average teams or school is going to lose $75 million of profit from canceling oh, yeah. the football season. That's well, so much Nebraska money going into the university. Yeah. Nebraska's, you know, Nebraska's economy really, especially in the fall, revolves around college football. Well, Nebraska's is probably way more than $75 million. I mean, that's just the average. I bet Nebraska's is way over $100 million of profit it, yeah. for the school alone. Yeah, I mean, the football team funds so many other programs and so much stuff for the state that it's going to be a it'll be a very tough time if they do end up canceling. Hey, uh, Joe, what's the status on the Nebraska volleyball team? Uh, as of right now, I believe they're not playing, which is oh. also a big shame because I, you know, I we were looking pretty darn good this year. We had a lot of young stars last year, and I hope Lexi's son can uh, kind of take the next step to what we thought she was going to be this year and maybe take over the role of Fecky that, that Fecky had a few years back. But, I don't know. I, I'd like to see them play, too, as well. Yeah. All right, well. But another thing about Kevin Warren, I think I think that's his name, uh, the Big Ten commissioner, his son is still going to play football at Missouri State or Mississippi State or something like that, but he canceled Big Ten football. And then you look at all the uh, uh, group of five conferences, that are, you know, in the same states as the Big Ten, every single one of them are still playing. 
Yeah, it's just it's strange to me. Yep. But that's all I got. Pac-12, like, that doesn't surprise me. No one's even talking about the Pac-12 canceling, no. really. It's... Well, no one really cares about the Pac-12. No. Pac-12 is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to uh, some NBA news also. Uh, Timberwolves, we just watched the uh, draft lottery. We are recording this on uh, Thursday. Uh, they get the number one pick overall. Uh, Warriors, number two. Number three, Hornets. Number four, number four Bulls. Uh, Reha, what's your takeaway from... That uh, that drawing. Yeah, it's kind of how I expected it. I mean, I knew war it'd be between Warriors and Timberwolves probably, or mm-hmm. one of the other two teams. But um, there's just like no prospects that stick out to me this year. Like last year we had Zion and Ja, mm-hmm. and we knew they were going to be stars. And then the year before we had Luca and like Trey Young, and this year I mean you have Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. I mean he's a stud, but. No one's like really talked about him during the season. Well, he's like, probably like a number five pick any other year. Yeah, it just it seems like it's kind of a down year. I don't know if that's because like the college season got cut short, yeah. so we didn't see like any of these prospects develop and stand kind, out. Kind of like how Jaw really rose up during his uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So I mean, I don't know. I just don't know enough about these prospects. It's hard for me. Like I. I can see the Warriors trading their second pick because mm-hmm. they don't really need unless they like want to go for like James Wiseman or something because they kind of need a bigger Be guy. Interesting. Yeah, but Timberwolves, I imagine they'll go with uh, Anthony Edwards from Georgia, and I think he'd fit them well. Yeah, pairing right. with D'Angelo and Carl Anthony Towns. What do you do uh, with Lamelo then? Because uh, Hornets are number three, but they got a good backcourt with. Uh... Well, they could definitely replace Terry Rozier, but they also got Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's uh, going to be a free agent, I think. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. And then also the Bulls with uh, Kobe White and Zach Levine. I don't... Where do you think LaMelo fits with? I think I wanted to see him as a Nick. I think that would have been perfect fit. Yes, Knicks get the uh, number eighth pick. Yeah, I don't know if he'll fall that far. Yeah, probably not. They might be able to get uh, Cole Anthony. So. A lot of foreign players, too, this year. I haven't seen any of them. I don't know any of them. I just know, like, they have a lot of them projected in the top 20 or so. Yeah. At least, like, six or seven I saw. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we are watching the Lakers game right now. Got on the background. Uh, Lakers lose first game. Clippers uh, lost yesterday. Bucks lose their first game. Is this a result of no home court advantage that the playoff field is way more even than it's ever been, Reha? I think so, and I think, like, teams like the Blazers, they're, like... They're keeping hot. They're, like, playing their ass off, and, you know, there's no fans there, and I think if you have, like, that, you know, the itch, like, you want it, you're going to beat some of these good teams, and we're starting to see it. Like, the Lakers need to figure out what they're doing, because it's hard to get motivated when there's no fans. Mm -hmm. And, like, these teams that aren't as good, well, they're still good teams, but, like, the Blazers, you know... They want to knock these guys off, so they're going hard. They're motivated. Oh, they're doing a really good job of it. Um, Joe, what do you think about the home court advantage situation? Well, I don't, like like Cole said, there it's it's weird to play. It'd be weird to play, you know, with no fans. It's just not as much maybe uh, you know energy in the building, you know. But to some extent, yeah, I, I can see that. But to for on the other hand, I really don't. In some aspects, like if you say LeBron James isn't gonna, or if he loses, 
because it's not going to be because he didn't have home court advantage. LeBron should should take care of the Trailblazers if he is what you know all those LeBron is the goat people say he is. But uh, I'm with Chuck on this one. I think uh, I think if the Trailblazers win tonight, I think they're going to take the series. Okay, but he was saying sweep. Do you agree with the sweep? Oh, I don't know. That'll be tough. I think LeBron will probably take one. If he does, if the Trailblazers do sweep him, there, there's no more GOAT conversation. It's it's a sentence. MJ's the GOAT. Mm. That's a bold talks. Not really. <laughs> All you right. You put Mike on a team like that in L.A. with A.D., I don't know, man. He's not getting swept in the first round, I can tell you that. Well, I mean, to be fair, Mike did have two Hall of Famers, and LeBron has one on the team now. Okay. Plus, Mike played at the same so, group so his whole Mike career. Cares. LeBron needs more help now is what you're saying. No, Even I'm not saying that at all. I think no. it's a championship team. Yeah. That's what, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, they can be a champion. They should be a championship team. But if, if the Trailblazers knock them off, it's no more, there's no conversation anymore. Okay. I, just, I don't think the bubble's helping their chances at all. I don't. I think if it wasn't in the bubble, it'd be different. I can see that. I mean, playing in the Staples Center is a, definitely a home court advantage there, like we were talking earlier. I mean, there definitely are advantages to having your fans there and having that kind of energy in the building and being in your hometown and all that stuff. Well, not your hometown, but your, you know, your team's town. But still, on the other hand, it's just, it's just basketball, you know? Go out and play. Yeah. Uh, you are right there, Joe. Um, and then also getting to some other news. Uh, Des Bryant works out with the Ravens, but did not get um, did not negotiate a contract right away. Um, Tyreek Hill pulls hamstring in practice today. So that's a bad injury to have for a speedy guy like that. Uh, Those things linger. Yeah, nagging one. Yeah. Um, and then Dalvin Cook's contract negotiation stall. Could he hold out? Uh, Joe, give me your... Uh, Give me one of those storylines that uh, interests you the most. Well, I suppose the one that interests me the most would probably be Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's just seeing how that injury will, you know, how he'll deal with that throughout the season. Because like you guys said, he's, he's a speedy guy, and those those are the kind of injuries that will hang with you for a while and nag at you. I mean, it'd be it's interesting to see how he'll come, you know, come and play this year. So I don't know. Okay. But also, you know, the Dalvin Cook, that's something to follow as well. Because if he... Holds out this year. I think that's going to be uh, a nail in the coffin for the Vikings this season. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Rhea, what are your takeaways from those storylines? Uh, the Tyreek Hill, that's huge because hamstring injuries are terrible, especially for speedsters. That's one of like the biggest uh, track injuries. It is. And like once you hurt it, it it's hard to get right again. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just linger. They come back, you know. And then the Dalvin Cook situation, I... I imagine they get something worked out before the season starts. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy that's going to want to be the highest-paid running back. I think he just wants some guaranteed money and yeah. be paid respectfully, you know, yeah, for get, how good get he is. Yeah, his big contract. Yeah. He's but not asking for, like, McCaffrey or Zeke money. Could he hold out? I, I don't see it, maybe, no. maybe even for, like, two games like Melvin Gordon did last year. No, if he's at camp, then Yeah, no it's way. already too late. Yeah, but Melvin Ingram. Is at camp for the Chargers, but he's not participating. Because in like the CBA, like you have to be at camp to collect some sort of money, but 
you don't technically have to participate. So I think he's just hanging out there because he's kind of holding out. So, he so he's like contract. holding out. Yeah. But he's like, you guys are doing great. Yeah. <laughs> He's just hanging out in LA. Huh. Working the system. Smart. Mm-hmm. Why didn't everyone else do that? No kidding. Because you don't look like an asshole, but... Yeah, he does look like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a, you know... But you can't blame these guys to want to get their money. Yeah. It's a limited amount of years that you have. It is. And it can be just like that. Well, I got no other news. You guys have anything that... You want to touch on? I think Joe needs to talk about the Big Ten a little more. Oh, I could talk for hours. Shit, <laughs> no. Podcast we'll, on that. Let's uh, get our get to our list. Uh, we'll start with the AFC offensive rookie rankings first. Uh, just to uh, warn everyone, this is based on impact of the team. Well, at least mine is. Uh, yeah, like impact they're going to have on their team. Yep, for this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did skill positions only, so no linemen. Um Basically, we have quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. Yeah. And, like, what based on impact team means, I could have a guy that sucks at running back, but, if mean, if he's second or first string, he might be over guys that are way better than him. So, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, yeah. And then, like, if they're not going to play this year, then I didn't put them on the list. There could be guys that yeah. be on people's top rookies, but. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so let's start off with, uh, number one, this is AFC offensive rookie rankings. I got Joe Burrow, uh, just number one pick, great weapons. Um, I think he has a good year, maybe it won't be record year or anything like that, but he's going to show why they drafted him number one. And he was like the greatest college player coming out. Crazy season. Yeah. You can't so. go wrong. He's already a guaranteed starter. Yeah. So, uh, that is my number one. Joe, let's go your number one. I got Joe Burrow as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got a great receiving core there in Cincy, and he knows how to, you know, how, knows how to use a great core, like a, uh, you know, a good stable of receivers there, like he had at LSU. And, you know, Zach Taylor, the head coach, got Nebraska connection right there. So Too bad know, he didn't go to Nebraska. A big year. What's that? Too bad he didn't go to Nebraska like he wanted to. You know, that's, you know, I, I expected you guys to have him lower, so I was ready for this, uh, I guarantee, I don't care, I'm guessing, Joe Burrow will probably be the greatest quarterback in NFL history just because ESPN wants, or just because the universe wants ESPN to remind me every single day that we didn't (laughs) offer him at Nebraska, which I'm not upset about. He would not be the same kind of player he is today if he went to Nebraska, and we have our guy, you know, yada, 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 but... That would just be how the world works if he becomes the greatest quarterback of all time, and that's always the side note, is that we didn't offer him. If you listen to our last podcast, Joe, we touched on that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, Reha, you're number one. All right. A little bit different here. Hi, Clyde Edwards Lair. Yep. I think, obviously I could have went Burrow, mm-hmm. but... I think Hilaire, like, he's going to come in and be the starter right away with um, Damian Williams. Opting out. Yeah. And if the comparisons are true to Brian Westbrook and Andy Reid's system, that's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. With Mahomes a quarterback. Yeah. Like, he can – shit, he could probably get 70 catches. He can maybe run for 1,000 yards. Who knows what – the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he's put in the perfect situation right now. And really, he didn't have that much of a workload in college. 
Yeah. So he's pretty fresh for the most part. So I see like a lot of several good years ahead of him. Yeah, my number two is uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and uh, with Williams out, um, and kind of the other season, you can date it back to other seasons that the Chiefs have had. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I see like similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Charles, not as much, but just the way that they use their backs. Uh, Hilaire is definitely a uh, good receiver, but he's also going to get good rushes in a super-powered offense. And really, the holes are going to be open for days because everyone's going to be game-planning Mahomes and all the weapons they have outside. He's the last of their worries, and that's going to kill them. They're not going to worry about a rookie until he comes in and runs for 200 yards one of these games. Mm -hmm. And everyone's going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what's your number two? I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. You know, he's a pass-catching back in an offense with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be pretty darn good. And being, you know, number one on the depth chart at running back on a re- on the Super Bowl winning team that have returned quite a bit, he's going to do just fine. All right, Joe, where do you take him in fantasy? Where do I take him in fantasy? Mm-hmm. Like, in comparison to other running backs or, like, uh, just give me like uh, maybe late first round, early second, late second. I, I'd give him, you know, uh, I'd probably give him an early to mid second round okay. pick, you know, something like that. Still, you know, I want to see prove something, but you know, he's got all the good things going for him already. So he's, I don't know, he's he'll go pretty early. I bet. Yeah. Uh, Ria, your second. I had Jonathan Taylor. Oh, cool. I know. Cool. Here we go. Actually, last week I didn't have any Colts in my top ten for defense or coach, and Jacob yeah. did. I I had Frank Reich number five. Yeah, Colts. I didn't have him. No. I I just see how he. I don't see how he can't succeed in that offense. Yeah. Even if Marlon Mack still get touches, I think Taylor will still run for over a thousand yards. Really? Yeah. With that line and just what they're trying to do, you know. Okay. And really, he's had a lot of work. In college, a lot of touches. So I don't know like how many years he'll have in the NFL. So I think he'll come in right away, and make immediate impact. Okay, so that, I think he's ready to that, be NFL back right now. I think that would be the opposite thinking of me that uh, they would drive Marlon Mack into the ground because they're definitely letting him go after this year and then save uh, Jonathan Taylor. Well, yeah, I can see him doing that, but like he's had so many like touches and stuff in college, like. He's going to come he's in. He's ready like, to go Yeah, now. he's ready to go. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's had a lot now. more like reps than any other player, probably. Any other rookie running back. Maybe even second year back. Just, yeah. Because he was getting like 300-some touches a year at Wisconsin, I think. Yeah, not just in 12 So he's games. got a lot of carries. Like He knows where to find the holes. starter, too? He was, yeah. At least, I believe. I think he ran for 2,000 yards two or three years. Two years, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, I don't blame you on the pick. But that, yeah, that and my number three, I kind of interchanged them, but I went with this. All right, well, my number three was Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh, not sure what the split carries will be, but Taylor has always gotten his. Even if he gets 150 carries this year, he's still going to do well with them and be yep. efficient. You know what's also crazy about him? Like People think he's kind of like a bigger back, you know? Mm-hmm. He's big. But he ran a four three nine at the combine. Like, that's moving. He's good, man. And plus, with that Colts offensive line, he's definitely uh, yeah, 
He's they said in camp so far, like, he's reading the hole really well. There's a video of him. He just, like, it's kind of a walkthrough, but he ran over a guy. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. He's going to be scary. Uh, Joe, what's your number three? I got Jonathan Taylor as well. You know, all the, all the reasons you guys said it, but I, I'm a little bit higher on him in the long term than I think you guys are. I see him in that kind of Saquon, Zeke type of mold where he's going to be, you know, your, your future fan, franchise running back. I, I mean, I've seen him carry games. I've seen him carry seasons. I think he can continue to do that in the NFL. I have him at three right now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the best of his draft class at the end of the day, you know, 10 years from now or whatever. Looking back, I wouldn't be surprised. I respect that take. Yeah. Uh, Joe, or Rehout, you're number three. Joe Burrow. All there right. it is. We are all in the same. We uh, are. You guys basically said everything. He's coming in after that historic season at LSU, coming into a Bengals offense where, like, pretty rough, but there are weapons there. Mm-hmm. I think if Zach Taylor, like, coaches him right, sky's the limit. Okay. Um, we don't need to touch on Joe Burrow anymore. It's just... He's good. Yeah. I think everyone, it's self-explanatory. Uh, freaking Burrow. Uh, number four, we got Jerry Judy for me. Uh, could be the most talented wide receiver in a while. Um, and with the other weapons, I think he could be the guy that's left open with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant there. So I expect a pretty good season from Jerry Judy. Still don't know if he gets... Uh, thousand yards or double digit touchdowns but it's tough for a rookie receiver mm-hmm. but it's doable aj brown did it last year i think did dk have a thousand yards i don't know if he did terry mclaurin might have too yeah and aj brown just did it in like eight games once he got the chance yeah Impressive. uh joe you're number four joe uh my number four i got jk dobbins um uh, I think, you know, he's an electric player added to an already electric offense there at Baltimore. And he's going to help take away some of that stress that Lamar might have, you know, the year after he kind of lit the world on fire. Their defense are going to try to game plan for Lamar a little bit. And, you know, they can uh, shift it over to J.K. every now and then and uh, help share the load a little bit. And I think he's going to have a pretty darn good year. Yeah, and he's definitely a receiving back. Uh, that could help out. Because, I mean, Mark Ingram's good, but he's older. Gus Edwards is more of just a runner. Mm-hmm. So J.K. Dobbins definitely could be their third down back. And they still have that yeah. speed strata at Oklahoma State. They drafted two years ago. Oh, okay. I can't remember his name. I, uh, I think he's fast. Okay. Uh, what's your number four, Reha? I had Tua. Tua, all yep. right. I know he's not a guaranteed starter yet, but I believe he will be a starter. And... If he is fully recovered and he comes back to old Tua like we saw at Alabama making those crazy plays, I think he's going to be good. Okay. And if it depends how like he fits their system and how the people around him do, but I think he has all the potential in the world. I would agree with that, yeah. It's just the injury. I know everyone says he's back to 100%, but I need to see it first. Well, yeah, and Fitzpatrick will definitely start the first couple games, but mm-hmm. once uh, he has a bad game, the yeah. Tua calls will come. The f- yeah, the fans will dictate that. Mm-hmm. Flores will get a lot of heat. All right, you ready for this one, Reha? Let's hear it. My number five, Michael Pittman. Okay. Uh, great wide receiver in college, uh, coming to play for Rivers, and then T.Y. Hilton taking off pressure for him. Uh 
He's set up with a pretty good situation, but also the team needs him to succeed in order for them to actually be a contender. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure how high I am on uh, Paris Campbell, so I think Michael Pittman's going to be put in that wide receiver two role and in a good situation. Yeah, for sure. He'll make an immediate impact right away, I think. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you're number five. Uh, My number five, I got Jerry Judy here. I think he's the top receiver of this class. You know, those Alabama wide receivers, they always tend to pan out pretty well in the NFL. Um, I, You know, I'm not too too sold on Drew Locke there at Denver, but I still think Jerry Judy's going to find his way into the end zone. He's going to find his way into some catches. Okay. Yeah. That's a good take. Yeah, it was. Uh, Rhea, you remember. <laughs> what did you say? I said I know. Oh. Uh, you're number five, Rio. So I had an Alabama receiver as well, but I had Henry Ruggs. Ooh. He's explosive. In four two forty, that's quick. I think it's just what the Raiders need. I'm not high on the Raiders, but I think it's a perfect fit. Like he adds like the Raiders, you think of them, they're like tough, rugged. They're mm-hmm. like flashy players. He's exactly what Gruden wants. Yeah. Fits the mold for a Gruden type player. And I think Gruden's gonna you know, Gruden's going to get him the ball. Like, Gruden loves him. Yeah. So, I don't know how else to do, like, right away, but I think as the season goes on, he'll really start to get the hang of things, and he'll make some flashy plays. He'll be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, I do have a Henry Ruggs on my six, so I'll continue this conversation. Does it worry you a little bit that, one, he's the uh, first, like, he's the number one wide receiver in that depth chart? It does, and, as a rookie especially. Yeah. Another thing, too, like I was looking at a stat, and it was of everyone that's ran the top 40 at the Combine. There's only like two or three players in the last 15 years that have been like Pro Bowl players. Really? Like been good. Can you name who they are? Uh, Santana Moss was one of them. Oh. That's the only one I can remember top of my head. Chris Johnson? Or is that too old? Yeah, Chris Johnson is on there. But he only had one or two good years. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. Just a weird stat, but I think Gr- yeah, I think Ruggs is different just because he is a good receiver too. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, Joe's number six. Joe. Hold on, I, th- I think I lost you there. What, what were we saying now? Uh, you're number six. Oh, my number six. Yeah, uh, I got Henry Ruggs as well, and kind of like you asked Cole there. I pros he's you know their main option really day one but cons he's their main option day one so i don't know how much he's not gonna have a whole lot of help there a lot of pressure yeah it's gonna be rough for him i don't know nice you know alabama running or alabama receivers like we talked about just a minute ago like i said a minute ago but you know i'm not too high on oakland either yeah i'm yeah i'm not a high on oakland this year either maybe in a couple years but who knows uh, the, uh, Gruden Grinder, who knows what happens. Gruden Grinder. Uh, you're number six. I had Michael Pittman. Oh, okay. He comes in like, he's a big-bodied guy, and the Colts really haven't had someone like that in a while. I know they signed Devin Funchess last year, but he only played one game, I think. Since, like, Marvin Harrison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and he'd be the perfect complement to T.Y., because mm-hmm. T.Y.'s kind of, you know, a speedster. He's a route runner, and Pittman comes in. Like, he can run good routes, but he's also big, and he's athletic. I think it's just what the Colts need. And then, like, you throw Paris Campbell maybe inside or something with the speed like that. I think 
I mean, they're going to have to prove themselves, but I think it's actually like a sleeper receiving core with mm-hmm. them three there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, those two being young, T.Y. Allen's getting up there in age. Yeah, he is. I like it. Uh, my number seven was Tua Tungvaluwa. Um, in a perfect world, Tua sits out this season, uh, but Fitzmagic's going to have a bad game or two, and the fans are going to have Tua get put in. And, I mean, it won't be a bad thing either because um, he, he's a good quarterback, and he's going to do uh, pretty good things out there. So I just I wish, he's, wish he uh, sits out a year. And What did you say, Joe? I disagree. I don't think he's going to do anything. I think he's going to be a bust like every other Alabama quarterback ever. Why is that? Why are Alabama receivers always so good and then the quarterbacks just... Because up? at Alabama, they have a, one of the best coaches in the world and the best receiving cores usually, so the or the quarterbacks don't have to be very good. I mean, so, they have to be good, obviously. Another weird thing, Alabama offensive linemen... I mean, there's some good ones, but there's a lot that are supposed to be like really good in college and yeah. don't do shit in the NFL. I think it's weird that a lot of the top-ranked wide receivers go down to Alabama because, I mean, you it's get kind a of lot, a run team. You get a lot of good backs from Alabama. You mm-hmm. don't. Well, I mean, they do get a lot of good wide receivers, but they don't get a lot of. Um, besides that, like number one dude, like Amari Cooper or Julio Jones, the other ones don't really strive in that system. Besides, like, in two years. Yeah. There's a lot. There's even Waddle still there, who could probably be a first-round pick next year. Probably top receiver taken. Yeah, he's good, too. He was their, like, returner over Ruggs, which is nuts. <laughs> uh, Joe, you're number seven? Well, I was going to say there, college football is a different game than NFL football. That's all i got to say. For sure. Number yeah. seven, I got LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver that's a good, for the Jags. That's a good pick, Joe. Darn right it is. I think if him and Minshew can make a connection, they're going to light the world up with the Divino Zigbo running back. That's going to be the uh, trifecta right there. And, you know, LaVisca, he's a he's a big big play guy. I watched him in Colorado a couple times. Don't need to talk about that anymore. But I I think he could do some big stuff with the Jags. Yeah, I, like, I like that pick, Joe, because if he didn't have that injury, he'd potentially first-round pick. He's also... Yeah. Uh, been hearing like uh, training camp reports about him being good, so I, I really I didn't put him in my top ten. I really wanted to. It's just the Minshew quarterback mm-hmm. made me. But I agree with Joe. Like he's a freaking talent. He's, right. gonna, be, he's gonna surprise a lot of people. Uh, then what's your number seven? My number seven is Jerry Chudy. Okay, you gotta have him on there. Uh, in college last year, like I was actually saying Judy for Heisman. I thought he was gonna have a huge year. Yeah, but I mean, oh, well, he was uh, projected number two uh, overall pick. Yeah, or number three or something, and then drops down to like number fifteen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And everyone's like, this combine, it's like, oh, he might be kind of slow because he ran like a four or five. Mm-hmm. Four or five still fucking fast. Yeah, and he's like, and his route running is like spectacular. Like he runs the crispest, like he's a most crispy routes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And he's put in a great situation with a lot of weapons on that Broncos offense. Young weapons. And you had Melvin Gordon. Just depends how Drew Locke plays, like Joe said. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about him. I know. I haven't seen him enough, you know. Yeah. What? What, Joe? Crispy routes. You like that? Love it. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, number eight. 
Uh, I got Denzel Mims. Uh, probably a first-round pick any other year, uh, but it's a deep wide receiving core. And he goes to a team needing weapons. Uh, I think they have well, Robbie Anderson left, uh, but they have Jamison Crowder in the slot and then Prashad uh, uh, Perryman. So I think uh, Denzel Mims. Yeah, they just released Joe's boy. Did they? They released him? They released Olanunwa? Yeah, they, it was like an injury settlement or something. Oh, that's a shame. I know. He'll sign somewhere else and light the world on fire. Patriots. Well, he's not going to light the world on fire there, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on Denzel Mims just because there's a lack of other options there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be thrusted into that starting spot. Yeah. Uh, Rio, what's your number eight? Darrington Evans. Who? Darrington oh. Evans. He's a third-round pick out of Appalachian State, the Tennessee Titans. Appalachian State, baby, let's go. Oh, uh, running back? Mm-hmm. All right. You think he could be, like, maybe if Henry breaks down or? He could be the slash to Derrick Henry smash. I don't know. The lightning and thunder. I think he's going to see some reps. Okay. Especially, like, if Derrick Henry does break down or if teams do key on him. He's a faster guy. He ran a 4440 at the Combine. Could be a uh, third down back. Third down back. He could add, like, a receiving impact. And he's very underrated, like, going to Appalachian State. Okay. Like, for being a third-round pick is pretty a big deal, like, yeah. in a small school like that. Okay. Uh, Joe, your number eight pick. Uh, my number eight, I got Michael Pittman down here at Indy. Um, you know, he fills a need. He's got good size. He's got some good help around him. And I think especially with Jonathan Taylor opening up, you know, hitting that pound, pounding the ball and opening up some play-action pass and opening up some passing lanes, I think he's going to have a pretty darn good year. We can agree on that. Uh, let's go to number nine. I have Josh Kelly, uh, third string for uh, the Chargers. Uh, good college career. And uh, one of the things that like made me think about him is that Justin Jackson is the uh, second string. He's never stepped up, even when he had opportunity. And Austin Eckler never having a uh, full workload. Josh Kelly might uh, find himself with a lot of snaps, and I had him in here, or we'll see, I guess. But I know what you're saying. Like Eckler, he's obviously a great receiving back, mm-hmm. third down back. But can he handle the load, like running the ball? Will he be able or... to do those goal line ones? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so I think Josh Kelly could be. And they draft like third round pick. I think he was like a fifth round pick. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't know, Dalton came on the show and told us. Yeah, I remember that. Then I looked more into it, and I was like, oh, this could be a... One of them sleeper deals, you know, mm-hmm. more than... That, they needed a running back. Like, Eckler is great, but they need another running back besides Eckler. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Joe, you're number nine. My number nine, I got, I got Denzel Mims. You know, you guys talked about him a little bit earlier. He could have been a lot higher, I think, you know, in any other year. This is just such a stacked wide receiving class. And, you know, I'm not high on the Jets really this year. That's why he's at nine. But I think he's a pretty darn good talent. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's high on the Jets. I don't think yeah. anybody's high on the Jets. In, like <laughs> They might be the worst team in the league. Jets fans. Even over Jacksonville? Yeah, I, I think. I'm, I hate the Jets. Yeah. Adam Case. At least uh, Minshew has that, like, it factor. Yeah. Like, Sam Darnold really doesn't have it. No. Yeah, right. Um, number nine for you, Rio? K.J. Hamler. 
Oh, okay. Uh, uh, he just Georgia. got hurt today. Did he? Yeah. Is it serious or is it? Uh, probably not. Uh, you talk about him. I'll look up. So, it's uh, KJ Hamler. He didn't do the combine because he had, like, a little injury. They didn't want him to participate or do any of the drills. But he would have ran one of the top 40s at the combine if he could. And he was waiting on his pro day to show out. And obviously he couldn't have a pro day. But they're thinking he could get in, like, a 4-2 range, just like Ruggs did. Really? Mm-hmm. And so potentially he could have been a first-round pick if he got to showcase his skills at the Combine. And the Broncos picking him, the second receiver in the draft, like they went Judy first round, him second round. He's going to come in there with like an arsenal of weapons with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I don't know if he's going to get like a shit ton of yards, but he's definitely going to be like a dynamic factor in that offense. You're going to have to worry about him. Yeah, uh, they said that uh, he's out for a couple weeks, uh, was carted off the field. Well, that's not good. No, um, I'm not seeing what the injury was, but... He's kind of one of those guys that's flown under the radar, I think. Well, yeah, he was definitely underrated just because they got Jerry Judy first round, so... Makes sense. All right, let's go to uh, number 10. Um, I have J.K. Dobbins. Uh... Drafted for a reason. Uh, could be their third down back. Plus, Ingram's age could help Dobbins uh, get a feature role. And just him and Lamar, just imagining it. I was like, he's probably number 10. Uh, my honorable mentions were uh, Justin Herbert, if he sees the field. Uh, T. Higgins. Um, and then Zach Moss. Oh, back Bills. from Yep. Uh, could be uh, if Singletary gets hurt or even if... He could be that Frank Gore that kind of. Hear what Frank Gore said the other day. Mm. He said if he had got more carries, he would have ran for a thousand yards last year. At the. At really? Bills, yeah. Well, yeah. If anyone gets enough carries, they're probably. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he said he's still fresh though. I'm like, how are you fresh when you've been in the year, league since like. 1800s. And he's on the uh, Jets now, right? Yes. Well, he's not getting enough carries there, dude. No. A thousand. Uh, Joe, you're number 10? I got T. Higgins. Uh, oh. you know, I think he's uh, it's already a loaded wide receiver core a little bit. Could be a big year for him or could be a bust, but I uh, I believe in Joe Burrow and I believe in uh, T. Higgins. I think he, he's going to do something special. All right. Uh, what would you say, he, like, what uh, wide receiver is he in the depth chart? Hell, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. All right. I'd say he's probably, like, um, either three or four. Because Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, and then you got to switch whether uh, John Ross is. Yeah, I'm assuming there'll be, like, certain packages he'll come in. Yeah, the goal be, line, he'll, obviously. He'll see the field this year. Yeah, he will. It'll just be like, he'll play a lot of goal line, I imagine. Yeah. Because he's, he's bigger bodied. Mm-hmm. And then even, like, just learning under A.J. Green. It's yeah. huge for him, because they're kind of similar receivers. Big bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Um, Reha, you're number 10. I had J.K. Dobbins at my number 10. You guys, you just had him at your 10, too. Mm-hmm. You guys basically touched on it. I think he'll get quite a few carries because Ingram's getting older. I still think Ingram will get his share. But it's a good pick for the Ravens. I mean, you got a running back that's has a lot of potential. I like yeah, it. I had, uh, I had J.K. all the way before. I, th- I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's gonna get a lot more carries than you guys think. Well, I think it all depends on um, Ingram's uh, health. Ingram's health, um, and uh, they you, for you, some reason they love running Gus Edwards. 
Yeah, but Don't you know why. you said it also, Joe. Uh, the read option um, oh, yeah. definitely could be a J.K. Dobbins lineup that he's in there for it. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, my know, just like miss was um, Chase Claypool, yeah, the Steelers, and then uh, Joshua Kelly. Okay. Uh, oh, my honorable mentions. I had Zach Moss there. He helped me win a uh, win a uh, college football fantasy league last year. Uh, nice. And Herbert, if he sees the field, maybe. And Tua, no, I don't have him <laughs> on my list. No honorable mention. Nothing. I was gonna say something like, "Oh, you got two on the list," and like, nope, nope, no faith. Alabama quarterback injury history at the Dolphins. That's three pretty big negatives right there i don't think so all right that's fair we'll see who's right in that joe we will <laughs> all right uh we're gonna take a quick break get back to uh nfc offensive rookie ranking go ahead joe what and we're back and we're back you have to edit that <laughs> no no nope, it, it. it's good uh all right let's get to our nfc offensive rookie rankings uh, starting out with number one. This was a tougher one, by the way. It was. I thought that uh, when I was AFC doing... was way tougher. Yeah. I thought when I was doing the AFC one, I was like, oh, there's got to be more in the NFC then. No. No, nope, it was tough. Uh, but my number one is DeAndre Swift. Uh, carry on Johnson's durability is an issue, plus uh, Lions' offensive schemes. Should make uh, Swift an instant impact and possibly a... NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate. Because, I mean, there's no quarterbacks that are going to, like... Usually quarterbacks are put up higher. But, um, yeah, DeAndre Swift is kind of... Maybe his to lose, even. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Rhea, who knows? <laughs> Rhea, you're number one. I had Justin Jefferson. Yep. And I think I had him at number one. Because losing Stephon Diggs, they need someone to come in and play right away. I don't know if he'll get, like, a 1,000 yards or anything, mm-hmm. but he's going to have an immediate impact on the team. Like, defenses are going to have to scheme for him just because he has, like, the ability to do big things. Yeah. I don't know if he will right away. It takes receivers, you know, usually halfway through the year to start. Figuring out. Yeah. But, you know... You get rid of Diggs, you get rid of that distraction, you add someone like him who his confidence is probably super high coming off that huge year at LSU. Especially in the, just the playoffs. Oh, he, for sure. Yeah. Him versus uh, Oklahoma where he had like four or five touchdowns. Yeah. Whew. Mm-hmm. I mean, then he comes in and he can learn under Adam Thielen, and they're kind of similar receivers, yeah. really. But I don't know, I'm pretty high on him. Like I said, I don't think he's going to – blow people away with his numbers or win like rookie of the year or anything but I think he's like my number one guy to make an impact on the team alright uh, Joe you're number one well I went uh, CeeDee Lamb down there in Dallas I, uh, I expect big things of him uh, out of him this year um, <clears throat> you know they've already got a pretty solid receiving core already and uh, I know we talked about like you know does other people's production limit the certain person's production right but you know in that say one two three four five of wide receivers there i think he's going to join up and probably be you know number two three two or one at least yeah and so he's going to get you know a top tier production in that team 
and they already know how to spread it around pretty well, and I think he's going to, you know, benefit from that. Yeah, and uh, with Amari Cooper's age uh, getting up there, who knows, he might break down and C.D. Lamb is the number one for a pretty high-powered offense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number two is C.D. Lamb. So, uh, uh, he he fell into the Cowboys' lap on, lap on draft night, so... He saw Jerry Jones on his yacht he loved celebrating it. about it. So, Such uh, a Cowboys pick, too. It's the perfect pick for Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. He's some a flashy guy, you know, coming in there. Yeah. So, yeah, C.D. Lamb is put in a pretty good position with already an a, a elite quarterback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Reha, you're number two. I had Jalen Rager. Yep. He comes in a an Eagles team who desperately needs receivers. And really, like, during the draft, wasn't too high on him. But the Eagles picked him over, like, Justin Jefferson, for example. So they must have really saw something in him that stuck out. And they think he's the guy, and so far I've heard good things about him. I think he's an electric player. Runs good routes. Uh, Do you think, like, I mean, you mentioned that uh, they're – they're desperate for a wide receiver playmaker. But if everyone stays healthy, let's say both tight ends, Goddard and Ertz, are healthy, um, Alshon Jeffrey stays healthy for one season or something, and then they had people step up like uh, Arcega Whiteside or mm-hmm. people like that, do you think that hurts Jalen Rager, or do you think it helps him because he's a rookie wide receiver, so he's not getting game-planned around? I think it would help him, actually. Yeah. I think it would take... like pressure off of him could be a win-win either way yeah and i mean if they draft him that high like he has to have a lot of talent i mean he could probably come in and compete with them yeah like he's another guy that maybe is like in that henry rugg spot if it wasn't such a deep wide receiver class for sure and then like wentz needs people to throw to yeah like last year that was a shit show if it's anything like last year for example and everyone's hurt that was bad yeah those players they had in there at receiver it was not good. Uh, Joe, your number two. Uh, my number two, I got DeAndre Swift uh, up in Detroit. Like you guys said, uh, or like Jacob said, carry on. You know, he's usually banged up. He's always kind of injured. I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Swift finished the season number one on the depth chart for Detroit. Oh. Yeah, that's a fair take. Uh, let's go to number three. I got Brandon Ayuk, uh, uh, San Francisco's wide receiver. Uh, with wide receiver depth hurting San Francisco this year with uh, Debo Samuel getting hurt just this offseason. Uh, they're going to be looking for Ayuk to have a bigger target share in this offense. He's, I mean, he's not going to get double teamed because he got George Kittle and a massive uh, run offense. So, I mean, he could be open for some big plays, could be a uh, red zone target, so... That pick surprised you when they drafted him. It definitely did. Same. I, we were watching it together, actually. Mm-hmm. We we're both like, what? But the more I looked into it, I'm like, I mean, uh, he's a good player. Yeah, and I think he was, I mean, before uh, the draft combine, I think he was ranked high, and then he had a pretty good draft camp combine. So I remember, like, when he got drafted, me and you were both like, well, Nikhil here is Arizona State, and look how he panned out. But I think it's different. Yeah. Like, just watching his tape, like, some of the stuff he was doing is pretty crazy. Yeah, he's probably better than Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're number three. Um, I had C.D. Lamb. I mean, we touched on it. Joe did. Like, 
coming into that situation, I mean, he, he's basically getting everything given to him. He yeah. just has to come out and do his thing, you know. Yeah. He's going to get open with all the weapons they have. For sure. And he's another guy, like, I don't know if he'll have a ton of yards, but he's going to make an impact. Yep. All all this is about impact on 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, year number three. Uh, my number three, I got Justin Jefferson. I think, you know, he's a decent replacement enough for Diggs. He had a heck of a season this year or last year in college. Uh, Going to help draw away <clears throat> some defense from Thielen. And, you know, really, we talked about it a bunch before, but uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, plays and does well in the running game. You know, I think Justin Jefferson in the play-action game with Cousins, and that's Cousins, you know, that's bread and, his bread and butter right there. I think that's could be a solid connection there. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't hold out so that that uh, play action passes can be. And yeah. Justin yeah. Jefferson's going to strive off that. Oh, he will. Hopefully, even like losing Stefanski, I hope that doesn't hinder their the progress Cousins made from last year. Yeah. I don't think it will, but you never know. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, number four. I got Jalen Rhaegar. Um Health has always been a problem for Philly and uh, could create a lot of opportunities for Rhaegar if uh, Deshaun Jackson's out, Alshon uh, Jeffries is out. Even if uh, Dallas Guard's out, makes it a wide, or Zach Ertz, uh, could just be a wide t- one tight end set and he gets opportunities on the field. So, yeah. And he was a really good wide receiver. He's out of TCU, if yep. I'm right. Uh, yeah. He definitely and, yeah, last year in college, he would have put up way better stats if they didn't have a true freshman quarterback starting. Because yeah. TCU's uh, quarterback was actually from Council Bluffs. You guys know really? that? Yeah, Lewis Central. Okay. Started as a true freshman. So, I mean, having someone that young, you know, coming in from not a big high school state, you know, in Iowa, I mean, it's tough for him to get the ball to Rhaegar and put up the type of numbers. But he still put up good numbers. I mean, first-round pick. Uh, Joe, you're number four. Uh, my number four, I got Brandon Ayuk there. Uh, you know, I think he's going to give another option to Jimmy G. Uh, you know, they're mainly a run team for the most part, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe Jimmy takes the kind of next steps that Tom took where uh, having a solid running game helps excel him even more in the passing game than he has before. I don't know. And I think Ayuk could be a, a good help for him there in that in that aspect. Oh, yeah. He's another guy put in a good situation. Exactly. And that's what they need. I mean, losing Emmanuel Sanders. and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four, I had Cam Akers running back from the Rams. That's a good pun. Yeah, I think, well, he's coming in there, like, basically to replace Gurley, I think. I'm assuming he'll split carries with uh, Darrell Henderson at the start of the year, but I think he'll... He'll, I think Cam Akers will break out. I think he'll have a pretty damn good year. Yeah. Um, going off that, my number five is Cam Akers. Uh, with Gurley gone, uh, Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson kind of like not stepping up and kind of uh, getting a timeshare with him, even though he was he was held back. So I yeah. think um, they took him in. He was a second round pick. Yes. Uh, they took him for a reason. He could lead that backfield. And uh, hopefully uh, 
I mean, I I figure that uh, Darrell Henderson will probably get third down work, but Cam Akers is going to get goal line work. He's going to get the early downs work. Could be just huge as for his rookie campaign. Yeah, Akers also flew under the radar because he was on some shitty Florida State teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they were like Florida State teams of the past where they were actually good, he could have been a... One of the top running backs taken. Yeah, you're I'm not going to say first-round pick just because you see guys like Jonathan Taylor and, um, oh, what's his name, Swift. Yeah. You know, he's not going to go over them. but Yeah, I mean, he could be like a Dalvin Cook. He was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Good Florida State team. Uh, Joe, you're number five. I got Cam Akers as well. Um, I'm not big on, you know, Florida State and all that. I think, you know, they're in the weak ACC. And he's going straight to a pretty darn tough division. It's going to be a heck of a changeup for him. But, and you know, we talked about uh, him trying to replace Gurley. I don't think he will, you know, be equivalent to what Gurley was for him. But if Goff can take the next step up, and, you know, in his progression, I think he might be enough to get him back to where they were. were. I agree with that, Joe. And like- if Goff takes that next step, that's the thing it's contingent on. And really, it's a perfect situation because you got out of paying Gurley all that money and then you can bring in a, a guy on a rookie contract that has the potential to be a Pro Bowl player. be a starting guy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really the best moves the Rams could make with the situation they're in. Like, you know, paying Aaron Donald, paying Goff, they're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. They're probably going to have to pay Cooper Cup. I mean, that's a lot of pretty big contracts they're going to have to do and then they're going to need to bring in rookies like Cam Akers yep. to fill the void for, you know, other positions. Yeah. Uh, your number five, Ria? Uh My number five was DeAndre Swift. Oh, okay. You guys basically, you covered it. I mean, Kerryon Johnson, the injury history, like, I'm not sold on him. Uh, Swift's going to come in there. He's going to catch the ball, carry the ball a lot. I don't know if he's going to take the lines over the hump, but he's going to have a solid rookie campaign. Yeah. He might be one of those backs that has a lot of yards, but the team doesn't do anything. Like a Squan Barkley type situation. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, my number six, Justin Jefferson. Uh, stepping into a wide receiver two spot in a red and heavy offense kind of dropped him out of my top five. Uh, but he definitely, I mean, he has the potential. I just wish that, I don't know, I kind of wish he went to a different spot also. Maybe kind of, it's a lot of pressure on him. I almost wish that uh, people are expecting him to be Diggs. Mm-hmm. I wish that Rhaegar and uh, Jefferson switch spots because Eagles could use his slot. Yeah, and um, Jalen could definitely be a big impactor for Vikings. Mm-hmm. Bigger <laughs> body. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with Justin Jefferson. Uh, Joe, you're number six. My number six. I got a. I got Jalen Rhaegar out of. You know, in Philly, you guys covered him pretty darn well. I don't think we need to get him too, too much more. Uh, he's going to be a pretty good addition for Philly. You know, nice. as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy, that's kind of what it's important with. Yeah, that's the biggest thing there is Wentz. That's just, you know, <clears throat> rookie receivers, you kind of need a quarterback that you've been with for at least a little bit of a while, you know. Yeah, so Joe, in our la- like the last episode me and Jacob did earlier this week, um, we talked about how, like, so, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts pretty high, second-round pick. Sure. Do you think if Wentz, like, happens to get injured again, 
Like, he's been injured almost every year. Do you yeah, think they could just... I mean, even if he is still good, do you think they could just move on from him if Hertz does show signs that he could be a starting guy? Well, I don't know. I'd put it in the same kind of lens as you saw with Teddy Bridgewater there at the Saints last year, where they put him in for, what, six games, and he, you know, he showed his stripes, and they decided to keep him on as, you know... Or, no, they tried to just, you know, he got paid and he got his money as a starter somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of see it in the same kind of way as that might be. Like, maybe they put Jalen in, you know, for six games. Maybe it's not a big injury or whatever. Carson Wentz going to come back. And, you know, they kind of test the waters there and see, like, hey, could we uh, either, A, you know, move on from Carson Wentz and go with Jalen, or, B, see if we can get a good trade out of him. I, I think that's kind of the play that will happen if if Carson Wentz gets hurt, which he probably will. Oh. Did everyone do their six? Uh, I got to do my six. I am Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Uh, San Francisco fills a need. Uh, you add another weapon like that. If you get Devo healthy and you have Brandon Ayuk and Kittle, that's young, dangerous offense. Yeah. It just depends how Garoppolo plays. Garoppolo takes the next step, you know, which he could. Yeah. But it's yeah. also a run-heavy team. So, I mean, they're going to be running the ball, and then having guys like Ayuk, like, you can run that play action. Like, Kyle Shanahan's so good at drawing up. and yeah. He could just have a sneaky, good, efficient yeah. year like yeah. uh, Kirk Cousins had this past year. Yeah. Uh, I'll go to my number seven. I got uh, Antonio Gibson uh, running back out of Memphis and uh, running back for the Washington football team. Got it right. There you uh, go. Guys to rest and, uh, and Geis' release. Kind of opens it up for uh, Adrian Peterson and Gibson to uh, get more chances. And uh, if age gets to Adrian Peterson, this could be Gibson's backfield, which is a... Not a better person to learn under either. No. I was looking at uh, Gibson earlier, and they have similar builds, him and AP do. Assuming they have similar play styles, too. I think Gibson... um, I guess AP wasn't bad out of the backfield, but... He's definitely uh, projected to be that third down back, too. So, he's going to get opportunities. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Washington. Which Gibson was under, um, so when he was at Memphis, he was under uh, Darrell Henderson and um, who was the Cowboys rookie running back last year? Uh, Pollard. Yeah, they're both Memphis guys. Okay. So, they had that's those a two plus. Yeah, that is a stacked team. Especially yeah. in the backfield. Like, that's... All right. Uh, Joe, you're number seven. Uh, I got Antonio Gibson there as well. You know, he's he's an athletic guy, and I think uh, Rivera <clears throat> can try and you know use him in that McCaffrey kind of mold in the same kind of way there. All right, uh, Rio. My number seven, I had Van Jefferson. Ooh. Uh, Van Jefferson, rookie receiver out of Florida to uh, St. Louis. Okay. I think he's a second or third round pick. I think Wait, he's to round St. Pick. Louis. Uh, or uh, L.A. L.A. Okay. Rams, yeah. Uh, they draft like they, they traded away Cooks. They drafted him. They're thinking he's gonna like he's not the same type of player as Cooks, but a lot of potential. Kind of fell under like fell back just because the receiving class was so stacked. Okay. Maybe in previous years he would have been drafted higher, but second round, third round. Yeah, a lot of people are high on him. I mean, they drafted him pretty high, and it's another rookie contract like we were talking about. That helps the Rams. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go to uh, number eight. I got Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Tampa Bay's running back. Um, Ronald Jones has, is the lead back right now. Uh, Bruce Arians came out and said it. 
but it's also been his backfield for the past two years, and he's he hasn't capitalized on making him the feature back. Peyton Barber gets in there. Uh, Alua Wale. Dari. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gets in there for third downs. So, I mean, if Ronald Jones fails to make a feature back, I think Vaughn could go in there and make an impact. Because they drafted him. Third round. That's third round, yeah. Fairly high for running back, really. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you're number eight. Uh, my number eight, I got Keyshawn Vaughn as well. We are on the uh, same page. For the last few, we sure have been. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody's going to be game planning for Tom Brady and the, you know, the passing offense there at Tampa Bay. And I'm not saying Keyshawn's going to have a big year or anything like that, but I think he's going to have an okay year and be. He won't be, you know, as much of a dark spot. The running game won't be as much of a dark spot on Tampa Bay's offense as it would be without Keyshawn. I think he's going to, you know, do pretty good. Not great, but good. Uh, uh, Reha, you're number eight. I had uh, Cole Komet, tight end, uh, Bears draft in the second round. Tight end's a huge need for the Bears. I mean, at one point, I think they had nine tight ends on their roster. They like, did. In and it just showed, yeah, ten. It just showed, like, they drafted him high. Second round, I think he's the first tight end taken. Yep. I think he'll I think he'll have a good year. I think having Jimmy Graham there like kinda take some pressure off him will help him develop into his role and you'll see some production out of him. Okay. I don't mind that pick. Hey, that's a first tight end taken on in, in these lists, so I respect it. Uh let's go to number nine. I got AJ Dillon, uh Green Bay, third string running back. Uh don't do Aaron Jones like that, Jacob. <laughs> uh, I just think he's big and fast. Looks like a Derrick Henry prospect, and uh, could be the goal line back. And if he does well there, he could earn his way into uh, rotations with uh, Jones and uh, Jamal Williams rotation. So that's set up for him. It was a weird pick, but I mean it makes sense. Yeah, kind of because the floor came from Tennessee with Derrick Henry and okay, yeah. having a similar back. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Joe, you're number nine. Well, I got Cole Komet as well. <clears throat> I think he'll be the standout of all 35 tight ends on that Bears roster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he helped me win a uh, college football or fantasy college football title last year as well. So Hell he's yeah. got my vote. You need to do one of those this year. Hey, they're fun. If there is college football, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, pro- a lot of Big 12 like SEC impossible. players. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Rehout, you're number nine. Uh, Tyler Johnson, rookie receiver for Tampa Bay. He's out of Minnesota. Uh, there's talks of him getting that number three role, but I think that's up to Tom Brady. Okay. So like far, I've heard he looks Tyler good. Johnson, he could play pretty well in Minnesota. Yeah, he did. He, uh, had some, a pretty good stat line. I think he set some Minnesota records, if I'm not did. mistaken. And I just, like, they said he fits Evans and Godwin. Well, mm-hmm. okay. so I don't know if he'll get that third role. I don't know how they'll utilize him, but I think there's a lot of potential there. And I definitely think you're right on it's Tom Brady's decision. It too. is, yeah. I've heard, like, basically, like, three through five of the receivers, they're putting it up to Brady. Oh. Which makes sense. I mean, you got to trust the guy to throw to Brady, like, throws to the guys he trusts. Yeah. All right. Now we are on number 10. I got Jalen Hurts. 
Uh, drafted for a reason. Uh, if history repeats itself, Wentz is going to deal with some kind of injury, and Hurts will get a a shot, and uh, he'll get the wheel to the offense. Uh, kind of just like last year, he got hurt, uh, Winston, and uh, they had to go with Josh McCown in the playoff game. What if they add Hurts? What if they upset the Seahawks? True. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he, he's going to get some kind of playing time this year, whether it's in a set or off injury, but I'm very interested to see what Jalen Hurts does in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, like like drafted for a reason. I mean, obviously Wentz. I like Wentz a lot as a player, but all those injuries, I mean, it's tough. You can believe in a guy all you want, but if you're not getting production from him, you got to take the Bill Belichick thing. Oh, I know. And then I think Doug Peterson's such a good offensive mind. Like, he can bring in someone like Hurts and do something. Not like what the Ravens do with Jackson, but something, like, out of the ordinary. New. Yeah, and new. New for, uh... It'll be fun, too. Philly. I guess not that new, because Don McNabb was there, so... Maybe something like that. And Vic. And Vic. Yep, you are right. Uh, Joe, you're number 10. Well, you know, Jacob, I really liked your number 10 pick, and I'll tell you why. Because Jalen Hurts is my number 10 pick as well. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year, like you said, come in on some uh, exciting special sets like we haven't seen before. Maybe, uh, maybe the next Taysom Hill, but younger, maybe has a longer you know, shelf life. We'll see. I'd, li- I'd like to see it. Yeah, some Wildcat stuff. Oh, he's yeah. an extraordinary athlete. Yeah, he has, oh, like, yeah. the state of Texas, like high school powerlifting records. Really? Also, Jalen Hurts does. Jalen Hurts was on my uh, oh. college football fantasy team. Look at that. Joe, you just killed in the draft, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. Joe lives for that. Oh, man. I, I had so much fun doing that. <laughs> Shout out Ben and Keegan. All right. Uh, Rhea, you're number 10. Uh, Darrell Mooney, a rookie receiver for the Bears out of Tulane. Uh, they drafted him, I think, in the fifth round. And the Bears need weapons. Uh, so far, like, what camp's going on, they say he's impressing a lot. Trubisky really likes him, targets him a lot, which I don't know if that's saying a lot because Trubisky, you know how he did last year. Yeah. But the Bears need weapons, and if someone can emerge like him, I'm assuming he'll be one of those guys that makes the roster, and then we'll see him. Jacoby Myers? Yeah, someone like that maybe. Like, we'll see him once in a while. I think he'll, like, establish himself and, like, have a role on the team. All right. Um, do you think like he'd be someone that's better than Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller? Uh, probably same tier. Okay. All right. They, I mean, obviously with Allen Robinson, that's their guy. Yeah. Um, Anthony Miller could develop into a good receiver. Yeah. Then you got Cole Komet. Yeah. You just need like you know those guys that come in like third, fourth, fifth receivers. Come in, you know. You can rely on. Yeah, maybe he'll be one of those guys. All right, but NFC was hard. NFC was very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys want to say anything else about rookies? Well, my honorable mentions were AJ Dillon, Tyler Johnson, and Adam Troutman. Okay, who's the last one? Adam Troutman. Where's Who? he out of? Uh, out of, I'm not sure. He's tight end for New Orleans. You know. Okay. He's a big guy, and I'm not huge on. Uh, well, I, I don't know how. Breeze doesn't seem like likes to use Jared Cook too awful much. Maybe Troutman can come in and maybe they have a connection. I don't know. Okay. But it's something to, you know, maybe see. 
Hey, that's yeah. some good insight, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Well, you know, I do it again. All right, before we sign off, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Raygun. Raygun has been widely known as the best t-shirt company around. Great prices and the best people to work with helping uh, with your orders. Go to their website to get your orders today. If you really want to scoop and score, go to Raygun. Pretty cheesy, isn't it? Not bad. Love it. Uh, yeah, so uh, we just did the uh, offensive rookie rankings. Uh, next episode's going to be defensive rookie rankings. You know, Chase Young, Kyler Murray, Patrick Queen. Kyler Murray? Oh, yeah, wait, Ken- Kenneth Murray. <laughs> Sorry. Kenneth Murray. But that's definitely going to be an interesting one, too. That will be. Hopefully, NFC is easier to do with their defensive players. I think it will be. I think AFC is pretty stacked, actually. You but, already know I'm taking every Nebraska player. <laughs> uh, what were the two twins that got drafted? Davis uh, twins. Davis what? twins. Talil and Carlos. Carlos. Okay. Are they going to be your number ones? One and two. One and two. All right. Well, this is the podcast. We'll be seeing you guys soon. Uh, Joe still needs a team. Yeah, still need a team. Keep sending them in. Uh, you know, so far the Bills have the lead, but I'm thinking the Bengals are maybe uh, making a sneak, you know, a comeback here. I don't know. Honestly, we'll see. And remember, if uh, enough people say uh, the Bills, we are going to make Joe jump through a table. We'll see. We have it in this contract. Is the what? table going to be on fire? <laughs> if there's a contract, I should be getting paid. <laughs> True that. All right, so this is cool. Go to our Patreon, right? What? Does that thing podcast say? Oh, yeah, you got to subscribe to our Patreon to get our bonus episodes. Yeah, Ooh. we'll do bonus episodes. We'll play NCAA football or Madden or something. We don't have that yet, but, I mean, potentially we could. Yeah. I'll do commentate. You guys can play. Do some mock drafts for fantasy. Could do that. Yeah. We could have a smoking and joking with Joe hour. <laughs> Joe's garage. Joe's garage. Joe's bar and grill. Alright, well this is uh, Cole Reha, Joe Crosstech, and Jacob Herbert signing off. Thank you.